By the way, like, comment, and subscribe. <laughs> it helps the algorithm. <laughs> All right. People who really want to have a good time won't come to a slaughterhouse. And we've got entirely too many troublemakers here. Too many uh, 40-year-old adolescents, felons, power drinkers, and trustees of modern chemistry. It's going to change. Be nice. That ain't working. I want you to be nice. That ain't working. And you'll both be nice. <laughs> so much as my uh, wife was a giant... But um, I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that's the way you do it. <laughs> the Reeves Company. Open a tepid Genesee and watch the pictures as they travel through your neighbor's Wi-Fi. It's the Reese Company. I'm Steve Reese, the bull of American broadcasting, alongside the great Chris Morganti. How are you, Chris? I'm good. I just realized I'm wearing a green shirt today. The first time I believe I've made that mistake uh, with our new green screen background. It doesn't seem to be interfering with the color. No, but it seems to, it looks brown from here. Yes, it's, it's yeah. changed its color, but it hasn't yeah. made parts of you invisible. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, I think so. I don't think I would have bought this shirt had it come in that color, though. But I don't know. <laughs> well, Chris, uh, a couple weeks ago when we discussed Brian's song, we watched a scene where James Kahn, as Brian Piccolo, he's undergoing cancer treatment. Right. And he knows he won't be strong enough to return to the starting Bears lineup. So he wonders aloud to his wife if he could teach himself to become a kicker. Mm -hmm. And you pointed out that the very idea is disrespectful to the highly trained professional athletes who kick footballs for a living. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, I would think it takes two functioning lungs to do that job. Yes. But uh, Brian Piccolo did not think so. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, this week, we have an entire movie that shows a similar disrespect mm. to, um, to kickers in the National Football League. So uh, let's go right into this to our movie of the week of the week. <laughs> The garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia Phenomenon. Mm. Now, this is sometimes titled simply The Philadelphia Phenomenon because someone probably realized that no garbage-picking takes place in this film whatsoever. <laughs> it aired on February 15th, 1998, on the Disney Channel. And it stars Tony Danza in the title role. Chris? Uh, yeah. Are you sure it aired on the Disney Channel? Because it said ABC something. I think that's a promo. Oh, okay. That th th this uh, this print we're watching, if you want to call it that, might have come from a VHS release. Okay, yeah. With that a promo sense. for what we're about to see. It definitely was a VHS copy that was uploaded because uh, there was tracking issues and <laughs> yes. uh, all kinds of things that. Yeah. That, um, like last week's feature, there is some. Uh, th there are some video issues. It's a bit glitchy, but uh, we'll talk you through it. You'll not miss anything. Um. 
Yeah, Tony Danza, everybody knows him, of course, from Who's the Boss and Taxi. Uh, he stars <laughs> He stars here as a guy called Barney Gorman. Mm. Hey, uh, Gorman, Chris, that's an Irish name. Probably only the second and last time he's portrayed a character that was not Italian-American. Mm. The first, of course, being his two-episode arc on The Love Boat, where he played a half-Japanese guy. Is that real? That is real. <laughs> now, Chris, you mentioned uh, the very opening of this VHS. Yeah. Uh, where are we? I think we should take a look at that as soon as we get a chance. Yeah. You know, I, I think I was the one who suggested we watch this. Yeah. Um, just because the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. And I, if we didn't mention it, he ends up playing for the Eagles. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and this will air after the Super Bowl. But we're recording this prior. Right. Our show, yeah. Yes. So, uh, Jim, if you could hit play on that thing you got up there. This is the first. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. All right. ABC Sunday. I thought it was an ABC Sunday night movie, but whatever. As soon as I saw the Disney thing, I realized, oh, no, we've chosen the children's movie inadvertently. I didn't, I didn't think of it. Um, and uh, you'll see the whole thing was, it, the target demographic was clearly 12-year-old boys. <laughs> and I don't know how anyone even a couple years older could enjoy this movie. Yeah, so uh, it, it's going to be hard for us to rate this in good faith, but we're going to do our best, right, Chris? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Barney Gorman, that's Tony Danza's character, he drives a garbage truck, and this truck has a mechanical issue. Let's take a look. Spring still isn't working. Hang on a second. It'll go to the plastic pails already. Uh, I could work it. Why can't we just get a new truck so I can work it? I told you why. Loyalty. Yeah, the other guy in that scene is a man called Fred Stoller. He's Gorman's co-worker. Love that guy. Really? So funny. He has a small role. He shows up only on occasion, and that's fortunate for the bull because I cannot stand Fred Stoller. He's been a stand-up comic for decades, and he's had a million bit parts and a million different things. But I get the sense from interviews that he's dissatisfied about never getting his uh, quote-unquote big break. Hmm. Yet he chooses to talk like this. Hey, Fred. Maybe stop sounding like Barney Gumble from The Simpsons. Maybe then a more desirable role or two will come your way. He sounds like a bratty child and not a very bright one. Sorry, Fred. That voice you make, and you have to make that. You have to go out of your way to sound that way. It's a self-imposed salary cap. Deal with it. Yeah, and also when he was uh, stand-up, um, he was like one of the one of the guys you'd see like when they first started playing like. Uh, Evening at the Improv, that's at the Improv, yeah. uh, Caroline's Comedy Hour, those type of things. He was a big hit back then, but his whole act was how he was a nerd and like, I'm out of control. Like, I, I do these things that are very lame. Right. And he would make it sound uh, like he was doing something exciting. I, I'm explaining it poorly, but his whole act was portraying himself as kind of a loser nerd type of guy. So you can't expect to parlay that into uh, leading man uh, roles. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Gorman, uh, that's uh, Tony Danza, he and his family, they're all Eagles fans, but the team is struggling. Here they gather to watch another disappointing loss. 
let's face it, guys, Mitchell has not been kicking the ball well lately. Well, he's going to kick this one. You watch. If he misses this, I'll get onto the stadium. I'll cut off his foot with my buck knife. Here's the snap. The kick is up and... No! Oh, Somebody get my knife! Hey, that's my TV! I'll cut off his foot! Danny. Hey, Chris. <laughs> That was actually kind of fun. I like that. You like that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember when TVs had dials on them and you could uh, turn you could turn the dials and control the volume and change the channel? Yeah. How about those days when the cable box, if you, you were lucky enough to have cable, you have to sit it on your lap and turn knobs and push buttons like you were in craft work? Okay. <laughs> Do you also remember when the TV's on-off button was in the center of the screen? <laughs> Let's take another look. Somebody get my knife! Hey, that's my TV! I'll cut off his foot! Okay, so the Eagles have a new owner. And I think I think they were trying to make it sound like he broke the television, but they didn't want to actually break a television because of budgetary issues. Because that was in somebody's house. Yeah. <laughs> that was the producer's living room. Right. <laughs> so the Eagles, uh, they have a new owner during this season. And just like the fans, he's frustrated with his team's fortunes. He also has plans to build a new stadium. His head of marketing has found a site she believes is ideal for building the Eagles a new home. Now, scouting locations for a new arena, that never happens in Philadelphia. Yeah. The decision is always to tear down the old stadium and build the new one next door. Yeah. And as a result of this, this is an interesting phenomenon, the stadiums in Philadelphia are slowly moving down the street. Yeah. You forgot there's a there's an interim uh, uh, step in this whole process where they say they're going to move the stadium to Center City, and then the neighbors complain for two years and sue them, and then they decide, we'll just build it next to the old one. It's, the same, it's been happening for decades now. They all go through the same process every time. So they're basically moving down the street. That's all they ever end up doing. Yeah. And as the stadium is moved down the street, they're moving in the wrong direction. They keep moving east where there's limited space. Right. You eventually run into a river if you move east. Yes, in another century, they'll all be in Jersey. Yeah. So, any road, let's watch as the marketing director shows the Eagles owner her preferred stadium site. This site is perfect, Mr. Pratt. There's plenty of room. You've got excellent access. It's a dump, Wendy. My football team's not going to play in a dump. In the future, please think through your little surprises a bit more before you waste my time here. <laughs> I'm still the boss around here, Mr. Suit and Tie. You're also the biggest jerk around here. Hey, you are this close to getting canned. Don't press your luck. So in that scene, we also see Gorman and his boss having a disagreement over Gorman arriving at the landfill later than expected. Because during his shift, Gorman had participated in his son's uh, career day at school. Oh, right. right. And that made him late. Now, in that exchange with his supposed boss, Gorman seems unaware that as a municipal employee, his boss is technically the mayor, not that guy. And that guy appears unaware of the strength of the sanitation workers union. I think I think uh, they're setting up a bit differently, Steve. Um, he he seems to own that truck that he's manhandling with his foot. So, and uh, but he's making municipal trash pickups in a private vehicle. Yeah, I, I believe it was some 
some cities do their trash that way. Not this one. Yeah, I know, but you know, this was also filmed in Toronto, <laughs> so they're not, you know. Well, that night, Gordon confides in his wife about his uh, job-related stress. He has half a mind to quit the sanitation department. Phil's sanitation department, apparently. <laughs> well, I respect you. And if you want to quit, go ahead. We can get by on my salary until you find something. Come on, I feel bad enough that you make as much money as I do. I just want you to be happy. I know that, honey, I know. It's just that I can't quit. I mean, Danny already thinks I'm a quitter. Thanks, anyway. By the way, I make more than you do. Yeah, she's a nurse, by the way. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this so, is the first time any wife ever ever said to her husband, uh, don't worry, I'll still respect you if you're not in the sanitation department anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, Chris, uh, when the obvious plot point occurs and Gorman's income skyrockets, I'm sure his wife will be satisfied with the changes it brings to their lives. You would think so. Sure. Yeah. Well, the next day, that marketing director we saw standing with the owner in the landfill, she heads back to the landfill and introduces herself to Gorman. She explains she saw him kicking the water jugs, and she has a football with her and asks Gorman to kick it. He kicks it well, and he kicks it far. She's satisfied, which leads to this phone call. Marie, I'm going to be a little late for dinner tonight. You're not going to believe this. I have a tryout with the Philadelphia Eagles. If you want to go out with the boys, just ask. No, 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 listen, I mean it, I mean it, I'm not kidding. They want me to try out as their kicker. I'm at their practice field right now. I have a tryout with the Philadelphia Eagles. What? Well, he wants to be clear that he's talking about the team. He's not about to jam with Don Henley and Joe Walsh. <laughs> I don't like dialogue like that. No one talks that way. If this were real, he would have said, hey, I have a tryout with the Eagles. Can you believe this? Yeah. It might still confuse his wife, given, given how improbable that situation is, <laughs> that he's suddenly being scouted by the NFL. But she would have understood the words, and so would we as the audience. But then again, Chris, in football, people like using unnecessary words. And I'd like to take a moment here to air a grievance I've had for many years regarding football announcers. Okay. And this is done mostly by NFL veterans who find themselves behind the microphone. It drives me crazy when I'm watching a game and the announcers overuse the word football when just ball or no word at all would suffice. The Broncos have to run the football if they want to score points against this Seattle defense. Seattle, they have a good football team. Hey, moron, you might need to be reminded which sport you're watching. I don't. It marks them as dumb, and I have a theory about how announcers got into this habit, Chris. Okay. All the ex-players who end up in the announcing booth, they watched other ex-players doing color commentary when they were young fans, and those ex-players spoke that way because they, in turn, grew up watching other ex-players call the games, who also spoke that way, and so on and so forth. Back to the days when the guys in the broad, broadcast booth, they were ex-athletes who played before there were helmets. Mm. They're emulating people who had suffered massive brain trauma. So, Gorman makes the team. He signs a sizable contract, in, in the presence of his wife, by the way, but the head coach is not best pleased with his team's new recruit. 
The front office just signed a new place kicker. Unfortunately, he's not a professional kicker. What we're getting is a garbage man. Meet Barney Gorman. Coach, what do you mean he's a garbage man? I mean Pause. he's a garbage man. He I mean he's Irish. <laughs> We all know they didn't come to this country to sit at the table. He's up to something. Keep an eye on him. I don't trust the man. Okay, Barney's teammates, uh, they aren't too thrilled either. Let's see a little more. Mix up garbage for a living. What? Where'd he go to college, P.U.? <laughs> it's got to be a joke, right? I wish it was. Quiet down. I don't like it either. But he's what we're getting for now. Suit up. Yeah, Chris, do you remember a film we discussed uh, quite some time ago called Quarterback Princess? Oh, yeah. Helen Hunt, right? Yeah, Helen Hunt. She played a gal called Tammy Maida, and it was the true story of a girl who played on her high school football team in the 1970s. And one of the things in that film that turned out to be true regarded her teammates and their attitude toward Tammy joining the team. They didn't mind at all. Right. They just wanted to win games, and she was the right person to help them do that. Why wouldn't that be the same in, uh, in, at the professional level when so much more is at stake? Yeah. Why would these players care whether or where he went to college? Yeah. You don't need to go to college to play in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, Gorman comes home from his first day of practice, sore from the workout, but also because his teammates were extra hard on him at the coach's behest. Play catch! No, 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 son. I, I've had enough football for today. Wanna, come on, sit down, finish your dessert. Good boy. I made your favorite. Ribs. Oh, that's great. I'm, 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 I'm just going to stand, if you don't mind. Mm. Well, I hope mm. you don't come home this late every mm. night. You're going to mm. forget you have a family. Mm. I hate this woman, Chris. My God, that didn't take long. That was after day one of practice. Exactly. <laughs> and again, she's a nurse. I'm sure her 14-hour workdays in no way interfere with her family life. Gorman is living his dream and making more money than uh, they had ever imagined. But all that is a problem for her because she had to reheat a plate of ribs. <laughs> what she does here and throughout the film amounts to mental abuse toward Gorman. But of course, it's not portrayed that way. A man with a dream is often presented as uh, irresponsible and a burden on his family. But if you switch the genders and he was behaving this way toward her, he'd be a dream-killing sexist villain. It's also no longer a dream once you sign an NFL contract. Right. At that point, the dream becomes reality. Th and that's his job. Right. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> what bothers me about this whole thing is this movie acts like she kind of has a point. She's never criticized for any of this. Right. Well, as word leaks out at various news outlets uh, 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 about this, uh, this cat, this regular guy becoming an NFL kicker, news outlets, uh, they start following Barney at his day job because he's still collecting garbage, probably just to get out of the house. As he goes about his business with journalists in tow, we witness a celebrity cameo. Did you juice? Way to go, Barn. We're real proud of you, man. Oh, oh, thanks very much. Thank you, big guy. <laughs> New Eagles owner must be a good guy. Yeah. Chris? Mm. <laughs> Did you care for that? Uh, you want to explain to the folks? 
Oh, that was the real life Eagles owner. Yes. Yeah. And I believe he had become the Eagles owner not long before this film was yeah, shot. Yeah, it was a recent event. Yeah. Yeah. But Jeffrey Lurie. Yeah. I would say it's self indulgent, but I don't did he I don't think he put himself in this movie. You know, somebody else made that happen. So yeah, I, I it was know. probably a joke. They thought it'd be funny. Let's put the actual owner in there, and he can say something like this. Yeah. And uh, by the way, when we say the owner of the Eagles, I want to make sure, just in case Barney's wife is watching, he's the guy who owns the Philadelphia Eagles gridiron football team of the National Football Conference of the National Football League. Mm. <clears throat> so Barney Gorman gets his first chance to kick the ball during practice after his fellow kicker misses a field goal attempt. Yeah, the reason that they signed Barney is because the the regular kicker uh, is playing like he plays for the Dallas Cowboys. He's missing all the kicks. Yes, stuff. he's yeah. he's having a an uncommonly bad season, I believe, for him is how it's set up. Right. He's kind of lost his uh, lost his magic. So Barney makes two good kicks in a row, and his teammates applaud him. Afterward, the coach makes an announcement. I want you checked into the hotel by eight. And focused on beating the Redskins. Hands in. One, two, three. Go, Eagles! Yeah, what's odd is they're not playing the team from Washington the next day. He's making them participate in a hate crime, you know, to boost team morale. (laughs) This coach, uh, he harbors a lot of, let's say, extra cultural resentment. That night at the team dinner, Gorman endears himself to his fellow Eagles by winning an impromptu rib-eating contest Against a much heavier teammate. Are we going to see that? No, we're not. Good, because I was embarrassed for everyone involved in that <laughs> scene when I watched it. I, was, I had to watch it like this. It, yes. was so, it was so douche chilly, so embarrassing. Yes, I believe uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, is that the music they play during yeah. this uh, show off, uh, yeah. showdown? Him and that big Between fat guy. Between these rib-loving ro- fools. Yeah, him and the big fat guy that's his roommate later it, on. Yeah. They get into a rib-eating contest. And, of course, everyone else says, rib off, and they all run over and watch these two grown men uh, eat ribs. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the next day, Barney makes his NFL debut. Let's see how the crowd reacts. No, sadly, the coach started that chant because he spotted this guy in the stands. Look, look, look. He fought in Vietnam. <laughs> he has a hard time trusting certain folks. He's not a bad guy. What, what were they chanting again? G-Man. Oh, okay. Although Barney starts off strong, he misses a 75-yard field goal attempt because that's just a crazy expectation out of any human ever born. And, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Steve, but that scene where you see him, like, the camera circling around him as he gazes up in wonder, like, before that, he's, he's like, all nervous and he doesn't, he's afraid to walk out into the field. And, like, again, it's just, you know it's made for a 12-year-old because that's how a kid would feel if they were put in this situation. Yeah, probably. A, a grown man is not going to be, like frozen to the spot walking into an NFL stadium. If he's been practicing with the team all week, he's going to be prepared like a grown man would be that, you know, I don't know. And one thing he does to uh, remind himself not to take things too seriously and get too nervous. He says uh-huh. before he kicks, it's just a game. No, it's your job. It's not just a game. <laughs> it's your job. And you would treat it like that. If you were a grown man, not a 12 year old boy. And also he didn't feel like it was just a game when he watched them lose mm. due to a horrible <laughs> field goal attempt. 
<clears throat> he didn't seem to take that attitude uh, until he was on the team. Yeah. So uh, Barney continues to struggle. Again, he started off strong, but then he goes into a slump. And if there's one realistic thing about this movie, it's the very Philadelphia reaction displayed in this scene. Bring up a field goal, and here comes the G-Man. He's already missed an extra point in a 24-yarder. He'll try to redeem himself here from 32. Here's Foreman's kick. It's up, and no, he hooks it. And the Boobers come out here at Veterans Stadium. He better get it next time or I'm going to cut off his foot. Yeah, you Yeah, again, that's Barney's own father. Yeah. I think, I think those are the guys I'm going over to their house to watch the game on Sunday. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm walking into, Steve. <laughs> well, hopefully it's not a hostility yeah. because um, Barney is soon met with citywide hostility. Well, I mean, just a few scenes earlier, he was being celebrated. Yeah, uh, they give him a free Cadillac or something to drive around, and you know, and 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 that's been uh, repoed. Yeah, he woke by up the dealer. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. There's a lot of resentment uh, growing toward Gorman. He's cut from the team. His wife throws him out after a photo appears in the press of him kissing another woman. Now that whole thing was a setup. Yeah, it was completely innocent. But uh, quite frankly, he should have used that to his advantage. Barney's life is in disarray. Well, come on. She's treating him terribly. <laughs> I don't know if we've given the audience enough of a taste, but yeah, she just complains constantly about him not being around. Yes. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The game is being played in Indianapolis. I can't be home tonight. <laughs> the hell do you want from me? <laughs> but it's treated as though that's perfectly normal and perfectly acceptable when it is, without a doubt, abuse. Right. Some form of it, yeah. Mental abuse. I suppose. Well, Barney's life is in disarray. He goes to visit the owner. He has a last-ditch plea for him. Mr. Pratt. Call security. Mr. Pratt, look, you've got to let me finish out this season. Now, I never asked to be on this I think, team. Pause, I was drafted. Pause, pause. I, I, I think we're way beyond calling security. He's in the owner's suite. <laughs> I know. All right, let's continue. You also got a good... Uh, the now, the only way I can save face with my family and, and maybe get my old life back is if... You also get a good feel for uh, the quality of the video in this clip. This was this was about half of the film, I would I would say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you get what you get. If you let me finish out this season, there's just one game left, Mr. Pratt. Let me stay one game, and then I'll retire on my own. I'm sorry, Barney. I can't do it. I I just can't. Good luck to you. You owe it to him, Mr. Pratt. I don't owe him anything. Barney, I've given you a great deal of money, haven't I? I've been fair to you. And just think of all the great stories you're going to have to tell your grandkids. You were an eagle, a Philadelphia eagle. So good luck. Thanks for clarifying. Well, I owe it to him then. <laughs> it's Christmas Eve, Mr. Pratt. And if you can't let this man play one more game, then I'm sorry, I just can't work for you anymore. Yeah. Seems unlikely. Yeah. But the owner does agree to keep him on for one final game. Yeah, his heart grew two sizes that day. The Grinch? Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, his wife takes him back into the family home. 
He promises to retire from football and return to a life where his wife can again hold over him that she that he makes less money than yeah. she does. Mm-hmm. So this last game of Barney's, it's also the last game of the season. And at halftime, the Eagles are being slaughtered by Dallas. Barney delivers a motivational speech, and the team retakes the field intent on mounting a comeback, which they do, nearly taking the lead. Now, Barney hasn't started in this game, but after he sidelines the starting kicker with a celebratory headbutt. Right, which is, by the way, the second time someone in this movie is knocked out by a headbutt, uh, I believe... This movie predated all the concussion issues that the NFL has. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, this would not have passed muster. <clears throat> yeah. Um, because uh, he sidelines the other kicker. Uh, he's relied upon to kick a field goal with, wouldn't you know it, the Eagles down by two. Let's see. Gorman for the winning field goal. Yeah, not what anyone would have expected. Okay. So Gorman, he scores the winning touchdown. And during the post-game press conference, a journalist refers to him as a hero. And Gorman says something disingenuous, but it's something a lot of people say. Why am I a hero? Because I play football. It's easy. It's fun. I know people who pick up garbage all day long. Just so the rest of us can live on clean streets. Yeah, that's not why they do it. Uh, yeah, also, that tells you that this was indeed filmed in Toronto and not in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> this should go without saying, but uh, they do it because it pays extraordinarily well for an unskilled position. So that's about it. He retires, everybody goes home. Yeah. The Phillies eventually win a Super Bowl. Eagles. Eagles. See? Maybe he had a point. <laughs> all that over explanation. <laughs> People keep getting us confused with the Phillies. <laughs> wow, that is embarrassing, Chris. <laughs> so before we rate it, anything else you want to say about uh, the garbage-picking, field-goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomenon? Steve, I wish I had something to say about this, but no. I mean, it was clearly just not meant for us, you know? Yeah, and that's part of the problem when rating something like this because uh, we want to be fair. But uh, it's not easy. So what I tried to do with my rating, I tried to view it through the eyes of who this was made for. Yeah. I think it works on the level that it's supposed to, and that's entertainment for children. Because as you said, what child, what boy doesn't fantasize about being a professional athlete? Many do. Um, and this film, I can, I, can see to, I can see it appealing to folks of any age who have what they believe is an untapped talent and a dream of having it at last being tapped. I bet you this is Ralph Williams' favorite film. That's a good point. It, it also, in, in that vein, if that's the type of movie you're talking about, it works much better than something we watched a few weeks ago, uh, the Reba, Reba McIntyre movie. Right. Because not many people dream of going to college with no end goal in mind, just being in college and studying. Yes, taking that's, one class. Yeah, that's no one's goal. But that was presented as some <laughs> dream of hers. So it works much better as that type of film than, than that movie did. Um and yet, you remind me of one of my favorite movies when I was a kid because it was on uh, 
the cable. Uh, I, I said Prism once before, and you got mad at me. So I, I won't say Prism. Well, that was, was on a, a that was cable a regional channel. That, that was like a regional <laughs> version of HBO. I know. Well, I know you know. Jeez. <laughs> anyway, one of my favorite movies when I was eight, let's say. Um, it was called Six Pack with Kenny Rogers. Do you remember this film? Right, and uh, I believe he was a race car driver. He was a stock car driver, yeah. And um, I'm sure that movie was terrible. His pit crew was a, a group of orphans. Um, but I enjoyed it, you know, and I've never watched it since. And I could see this being like something similar, you know, if you were if you were that age at this time in 1998. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm giving it two out of five Meredith Baxters. How about you, Chris? Uh, I'll give it two and a half Meredith. Fair enough. Yeah. In that case, uh, anything else uh, you'd like to talk about we haven't discussed? Well, I think we need to remind people, because at this point, as we're sitting here, we're two days away from the Super Bowl. So I think we should remind people of the bet that we have. Yeah. You want to you wanna fill folks in on that? Okay, what we've done is we've, uh, we've determined, uh, we've, each of us has chosen what we believe to be the total number of points scored. Right, because we, we both want and think the Eagles will win. Um, so we, it wouldn't be fair to make one of us pick the Chiefs. So, so I bet that the uh, score would be – well, I picked 50 points. You picked 45, correct? Correct, yeah. And whoever's closer will win the bet. And the one who loses will have uh, – there are consequences to the loss. Yes. Do we, do we have those consequences? I don't, I don't think we do. I don't think we do, yeah. Uh, there's a scene in a motion picture we watched some time ago called The Loneliest Runner. That's the Michael Landon bedwetting movie. Where um, <clears throat> Brian Keith confesses to his son that he too went to bed when he was a boy. Mm. Now, um, <clears throat> whoever has to deliver that monologue has to do it sincerely. Let's remind the folks: you, you can't, you can't goof it up. You can't change the wording. You can't do it with a wink and a nod, like "Oh, I'm doing this, but I'm not really doing this." You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to actually sell it. Yeah. And and the other characters in that scene will be played by puppets so <laughs> it's it's going to present a bit of a challenge to keep a straight face <laughs> by the way steve have you this is it's a popular news item right now but this chat gpt or gt i don't know what it is but it's an artificial intelligence that's designed to help people write things so um i asked it to write me a story about a garbage man who becomes a place kicker in the nfl and uh it's pretty much note by note what we saw and uh, I said, well, who would you cast in this? And uh, I could give you three. It listed three possibilities. Okay. I mean, I could tell you, but I don't, I mean, I could let you guess, but I don't think you'd ever guess who, who it picked. Um, John Goodman. <laughs> I know why. I, I have a theory. Well, I can tell you what the AI said. It said he has an everyman quality to him. I was thinking uh, it was relating the storyline as far as a man being plucked from obscurity into a position of power uh-huh. or a position of uh, not influence or power, uh-huh. but uh, a position of uh, what would you call it? Prominence. Prominence is very similar to King Ralph. Okay. See, I thought it was because they wanted to make that rib eating scene more realistic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, here's the thing he's 70 years old. <coughs> so I don't think he's going to play. <laughs> right. And the other name he gave me was uh, Michael Keaton, who's also 70 years old. <laughs> and and it, was a, it was a third one. Oh, uh, the, uh, the guy who played the dentist in Seinfeld, Brian Cranston. Oh, Brian Cranston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, he's only 65. I like so. how you describe him as the guy who played the dentist in <laughs> <Yeah>. Seinfeld. <laughs> Never did anything else. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, that was it. That was it. <laughs> All right. In that case, have we done it? Uh, yeah, I think I think there was something else I asked that. Oh, and then I asked that uh, the artificial intelligence. Uh, hey, can you write me a story about an Olympic athlete who had a bedwetting problem as a child? <laughs> and uh, it it logged itself. <laughs> Sorry, it logged itself out. <laughs> it disconnected me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like it. I'm sorry to lose my composure on that. I like it. That is what happened. <clears throat> I asked out a whole bunch of stuff trying to get some show content. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, we don't have to worry about losing this show to uh, artificial intelligence anytime soon. <laughs> Holy hell. No sense of humor on that thing. Anyway, all right, enough about that. All right, in that case, I think we did it. Okay. Okay, thanks so much, Chris. Thanks so much, Jim. I'm Steve Reyes. Ask you, Ask you, Wawa. Uh, go Tig Eagles. Tig Tigers eat them raw. Yeah, in, in this thing. Go ahead. <laughs>